It's July 7. We're reading through the Bible in a year. We've reached Job chapters 35 through 37. We are dealing with Elihu's speech as he brings it to a conclusion in our reading today. Uh, tomorrow we'll get into how God steps on the scene himself and questions Job. Um, we have Elihu saying a lot of things in the previous chapters about um, Job and about the three friends, dismissive of all of that. Uh, he's talked about why he, it's time for him to speak up and speak the truth. And there are many truthful things that Elihu says in these last three chapters. Um, but some of the things that he starts with in chapter 35 and the fact that God is transcendent and unaffected by our behavior, and that's true in one sense, and yet the book of Job began by God having a discussion and bringing up Job's behavior to Satan himself, as you'll remember in chapter one. So um, there are certain things that um, I think in the greatness of God that uh, Elihu gets wrong about the way he applies that truth. And some have critiqued Elihu much more severely than I have in saying that he brought a lot of the right truths in the wrong context or uh, misled Job or you know slams Job in a prideful way. But uh, at least we can say this, that he, as he tries to elevate the view of God, uh, doesn't quite understand what's going on behind the scenes uh, any better than Job's three friends. And yet he brings uh, sometimes a more reasonable reasoned perspective in who God is. And as he starts to talk about the majesty and greatness of God, that is a theme that God will uh, pick up on, if you will, that he will expand. And of course, in God's sovereignty, this is the right prelude to God's uh, speech, if you will, at the end of this book. So we got three chapters here. There's lots here for us to consider. And um, it's a lot that you'll be able to nod your head as you read it and say, well, those are true statements. And indeed, many of them are. And some of them are just principles that we should always remember as we try to elevate our view of God. Because as we say around here at Compass, we want to have and maintain a high view of God uh, in that spatial analogy that it's uh, big, that we think of God as big and great and majestic and transcendent. So that's our reading in the Old Testament. Our New Testament reading is chapter 14 of Acts. And this is the end of the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. Uh, we have them bearing fruit right out of the gate. We see converts coming to Christ because of the preaching. We also see the misunderstanding about who uh, Paul and Barnabas are, at least they're calling them uh, Zeus and Hermes. And uh, that, of course, is something that just uh, makes them distraught. Of course, a misunderstanding that has to be corrected and even tear their clothes, that ancient Near Eastern sign of, of being you know, despondent and, and, and just utterly shocked and dismayed over the fact that they're being made out to be people that they're not. Now, there's a healing here. This is the first healing attributed to, first miracle attributed to Paul. And um, it's interesting that it looks a lot like what we've studied back in Acts chapter 4, uh, the healing of a crippled man, as it says in the text. And this is the kind of apostolic affirmation that Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 talks about. And we have God's um, imprimatur, if you will, on Paul's ministry here as he turns to the Gentiles. And we see all this going on in Iconium and then in Lystra. And then they head back to Antioch, and uh, it's Antioch, of course, of Syria. And that's a little confusing because we've gone from Antioch of Syria off the northern uh, Mediterranean coast there near Israel, not real near, but near enough, all the way out to um, Antioch in uh, Galatia, in Pisidian Antioch. So uh, they're back, and then we're going to see where things go here with the Jerusalem Council in the next chapter. Our community imperative for today is found in Romans chapter 14, verse 3. Now, we started this last time with the um, idea, how did I state it here, not to quarrel over gray areas. Well, this goes a little bit further here in verse number three. Let me read it for you. Romans 14, three, let not the one who eats 
despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Now, this puts this all in perspective about the dietary laws and the carryover in the conscience of people even though God has declared all foods to be clean, which we've seen in Acts chapter 10 and we've seen it in the Gospels as well. We know that the dietary law is part of the uh, ceremonial law of the Levitical um, law of Moses, all of that's been fulfilled in Christ. So the ceremonial law is no longer in vogue. And yet the conscience, the weakness of the faith of people that can't eat certain things, they're not going to have the BLT or the ham sandwich. Those are the guys that in this text, it says the people with a stronger conscience in that particular issue should not, as it says here, despise them, look down on them, belittle them. Uh, so I just put it this way. And if you know this word, it's a good word to resurrect because it's a, it's a concise word. And that's the word scruples. I put it this way. Don't look down on the scruples of others. And I'm talking about the issues that, that injure their conscience. There may be people that say, well, I don't, you know, I don't know, there's not many of these left anymore, I suppose, but, you know, I don't, I don't go to the movies or I don't have cards in my house or I don't, you know, uh, some things are still valid like uh, myself. You know, I don't drink alcohol. These are the kinds of things that when people say, well, I don't do these things, whether it's for ministry, which it is in my case, or whether it's someone saying in my conscience, I can't do it. Uh, these are um, different scruples, different things that affect people's conscience that we should not despise each other or pass judgment on each other because of them, because God is welcomed him. And of course, God's not going to welcome anybody doing something immorally uh, or immoral or wrong in terms of a, a moral standard. But we're talking here about gray areas or issues that are not, they're issues of opinion as it was put in verse one. So I'm just saying this, don't look down on other people just because they have a different set of behavioral standards that they commit themselves to because of their conscience. We don't, or even in my case, for the sake of ministry, uh, we don't look down on that. Uh, we are ready to say, hey, um, you can have a different set of standards as it relates to um, issues that affect your conscience than the next guy and we should never look down on them. So don't think less of people because of a different set of um, issues that they set up and boundaries that they set up uh, as long as we're not talking about things that are moral or immoral or issues that are biblically defined. So uh, that's an attitudinal perspective toward those in the body of Christ and I hope that helps. Mm -hmm.